this is Ricky, and you're listening to the Ricky Talks Podcast, a passion project where I find my voice and say my piece. Thanks for joining me. Okay, so we start off how we usually do, which is by sharing what is making you happy lately. Um, For me, I'm happy that it is officially spring. I'm happy that we're getting way more sunshine and I'm so happy because I got to spend some real quality time with my kids on the weekend and we did a lot (laughs) and I was really shocked by how much we did with them and that it just even though it's still hard taking them out it's starting to feel just a little easier each time and we're, we're we're actually getting some real experience taking the kids to the bathroom um like public bathrooms and I was dreading this for a long time when we started potty training because public bathrooms are gross (laughs) um but yeah I think yeah just as a mom you just get over it so quickly and then you just do what you need to do and I'm just glad that the girls are getting more experienced going in strange places (laughs) um and we actually got to take them out to the playground because we had such beautiful weather and i think all in all like over the course of the whole weekend we only had two two accidents so it was a really fun-filled weekend we had like a little mini concert that we saw at the mall we we took them to a birthday party, a kid's birthday party, and that was fun because they got to see other kids. And they had cupcakes and lots of toys. Um, yeah, that is definitely what's making me happy right now. And um, the next thing we usually do on here is uh, what? Oh, sorry. <laughs> what? Um, or oh, sorry, nice things that happened to me something nice so I guess that's kind of that kind of ties in with what I just talked about so I won't I won't uh add anything else to that because that was super nice (laughs) um and then something I'm looking forward to so we are approaching April this very soon and I'm excited for our upcoming trip we have a trip coming up with the kids we're gonna check out um the Caribbean for the first time ever and this will be the first time we're traveling with them since they were infants so I'm actually looking forward to it I'm less anxious about it than than before um I know it's gonna still be challenging but I'm allowing myself to be excited about it rather than or more than anxious because there's still a little bit there but yeah Thanks for listening in again. I know that this might be, I don't know if this is even, um, if it means anything to you guys, but if you've made it this far in the Florida trip series, thank you. Um, I hope, I hope that it, uh, gives you guys some kind of value because, um, Florida is like a pretty awesome place to go vacation if you want something quick and affordable 
um and you know something other than the typical um, theme parks that are there there's so much more to do in the orlando area and even like the other parts of of southern florida that um that aren't so cookie cutter florida vacation if you know what i mean <laughs> yeah and so i think that's part of the reason why i wanted to share these uh, my experiences because uh, i found that they're very unique um and and different from what i'm used to is kind of like an unexpected surprise and like pleasant surprise so um enjoy this next one for florida day three and four day three started really early so i had set out to take a two-hour road trip to tampa because i wanted to check out the um the area and i think uh i don't know there were just a few things that i wanted to see heading out to the west coast that way so i was on the road at like 6 a.m and got to catch the sunrise that way as well so that's like one of my favorite things to do um and i stopped by the polytechnic university on the way there and it's just this magnificent structure the, the uh the architecture of that thing it just looks out of this world it looks like a spaceship um so i got to see that and take some photos of it some beautiful shots with the sun coming up um and just really admire the lines of this place. It, it uh, I don't know, it just really felt otherworldly to be there. It was really, really cool. Um, I love admiring art architecture. Don't know too much about it, but I know that I just love looking at it and really admiring it. So that was like the first stop on the drive. And then the next stop was this very retro drive-in theater sign. I, I just, I love the colors. It's very colorful and it has these like neon signs up and I, I just loved it. I had to see it in person. Um, and it's called Silver Moon. So, I mean, it has some meaning for me because of that. But yeah, I, I got there and it was cool. It was like I went back in time because um, the whole area is very like, it almost looks like it's it hasn't grown much from like the 1950s <laughs> it was really really cool i think i think the area might even be called like old town or something um if i'm not mistaken but i, I just love that i got to see that and admire the design that went into that um made me happy and then i got to the tampa area in a couple of hours and I had breakfast at Willa's Provisions. So it's this really, really cool looking place. I, I love like beautiful restaurants, in case you haven't noticed. <laughs> um, Chris is more hole in the wall kind of guy. So it's kind of hard to like see places that I like to see when we're traveling together because he thinks it's, <laughs> it's kind of pretentious. And oftentimes they are, like he's not wrong. Um, it's really hard to find those golden gems that are both, you know, that, that are both beautiful and also have really good quality, memorable food. Um, 
Willa's provisions was kind of like in between, I'd say. I had a breakfast sandwich, a very simple breakfast sandwich, but it was a good size and it had, it came with this really, really good, like tangy sauce. So I had a good breakfast there, I'd say. Picked up a nice coffee to take with me. Um, and I'm glad I did because it just got so hot there that day so quickly. Um, and so I took my iced coffee to St. Pete, the St. Pete Pier. And it, it looks fairly new. Like, you know, um, it looks like it's, it was, it was made just a few years ago or something. Um, but it's this beautiful pier that I think is maybe like a half hour walk um, both ways, but it's, again, like the design that went into this pier, it's just really, really beautiful. Um, of course, it was like lined with palm trees. There's like park space in it. It's huge, actually. Um, and then at the end of the pier, there's this like really tall structure. It's a building. I think it's like four or five stories high where there's like restaurants and like a gift shop at the bottom. Um, like a really cool place to kind of spend a night, like a, a dinner or like a meal. Um, I didn't have time for that. So I just did the walk and that was a beautiful walk. And it kind of like reminded me of like the plans that we have here for Pier 8 in Hamilton. Um, and, and just what it could be. Because this pier was obviously it's like in such a beautiful place. Um, but it had like street art too. There were murals along like some of the structures and like, I like the idea of like having park space in it too. And really, really cool architecture. It's, it's got, it's like concrete buildings with lots of really cool angles and things. Uh, great. Uh, just really a great place to walk and spend some time. And with this pier too, it has like this little, there's this little branch off of the, of the walk that just goes straight to the, like, it faces the water and it's green. Like there's, there's planters on the sides and then it's got um, like white gravel and like these really colorful Muskoka chairs and they're all just facing out to the water and it's got shade. So there's trees planted there so that it provides shade for you. So you could really just sit there and, and enjoy the ocean, like looking at the ocean and hearing it. And it just looked like they really made it into kind of like nature's theater kind of it really, really look cool. I love that idea. And I sat there for a little bit to just really relax and take a break and cool off. Um, and I think that was it for St. Pete's Pier. Um, and then after that, I went indoors to something that I was really, really excited about. So this next stop um, was the Dali. So is a museum dedicated to just Salvador Dali and his work and like his story. Uh, I've always found him intriguing. Um, and I was just so excited to have this. There's like a whole entire museum dedicated to him. I was so excited to learn more about him and to really dig deep into his artwork and like the, his processes and stuff like that. So that was my next stop. And 
yeah, like I, I, it's, it was like a really memorable part of this trip. Um, because, uh, I think one of the memorable things that's, that I started off with was, uh, a video presentation about him and his life. And what stuck was that there was a point where he was so hungry, he was like starving and he started to hallucinate. And I think that was, that kind of was like the beginning of one of his artworks. Like he painted something because of that. And he was inspired by different artists that, that kind of helped shape his style. And you can see it when, when he, um, you can see it from the artwork of the people that he admired that that's what inspired his style. So I thought that was really cool to see that. Um, and then I think like the structure to in which this museum was like housing his stuff was actually built especially for, for this museum. Like it was for his artwork, it was with him in mind. And when I say that it's because like the structure itself was very different like it had like a dome like several little domes sticking out of this concrete structure that were made of glass and is very much like dolly like and then inside there was like this huge spiral staircase right in the middle that just kept swirling and swirling going up and when the staircase ended it the structure still kept going the swirl kept going up to the sky and that was like really, really cool piece of architecture, again, with like admiring it so much. And I got to see more of his like artwork that I've never seen before and how he explored different styles in the beginning, which led to him like landing into his like signature kind of look. And I liked how they explained little elements that you see in all of his works that, that re recur and what those mean like what they're symbolic for which which is really really cool because it's like you're really digging deep into the mind of this guy's um life too um and i think the most memorable part of this experience was that they had this virtual reality exhibit going on um and it was called dreams of dali and you would pretty much just wear one of those virtual reality headsets, sit in this chair, and for three minutes, you got to actually go into one of his paintings. So, oh my God, I wish that I had like video to show of what I saw, but it was, oh my God, I can't, I don't have words, but I walked into one of his paintings and like it had movement too, like there were ants on the ground like I was in this desert and like it was like a night sky with twinkling stars and the most gigantic moon crescent moon and like there was wind blowing you could hear that and like you could hear birds flying and like uh it, it was um you were like standing next to this father figure and he was holding on to his son's hand and he was kind of like gesturing to kind of look up at this huge these huge st um statues that were like they they towered they were like 
in proportion probably higher than like standing in front of the CN Tower. They were just so high. Um, but basically this painting was kind of like Dali's thing of his dad kind of introducing him to like what it's like to be in a relationship with a woman, I think. Which I found super interesting. And, and like these structures look very old and very like, they were like ruins kind of almost. Um, yeah, so that was, that was just crazy. I, I didn't want to leave. Like I didn't get very far <laughs> in that painting because it was just a short three minutes and I was really trying to look around and absorb things. But I could have probably spent hours there exploring. And I don't think I'll ever forget that, just standing in there. Like, I, feel, I felt like I was standing in his painting, truly. Um, so I, I couldn't actually leave without getting a copy of that painting myself. And I think to top off the uh, experience there at the Dali, there was this one other mini experience um, where it was best to experience it with a small group of other people that were there. And um, it basically asked you to like uh, put in, like there were pillars here of like digital computers where you could type in a dream that you had and then it would find artwork from its archive and create this like digital tapestry um, along with other people's dreams that they had and it, it would create this beautiful piece of artwork that was made from a group of people you know um, so that was really really cool I found that very very immersive and enriching for my experience and um, I think you have the opportunity to save it like you could email it to yourself and save it for later which I really liked so I have yet to download it from the internet, but I really like that the idea of that too, just making, you know, your museum experience more than just you walking through a gallery, you know? What was also cool was that there was a, a little room there for children to experience Dolly in their own way. And they had these really cute black and white <laughs> cartoon-like pictures of Salvador Dali's face. And... You know, there were markers and crayons and stuff on tables and, and black pipe cleaner to kind of create his his mustache. So I kind of like took a few of those for to bring home to Temi and Poe. But I thought that was really cute. So after the museum, I went to grab a bagel sandwich from a local spot with a beautiful mural on the side of it, of course. Um, and then I took that food to the nearest beach, which was called Sunset Beach, I think. Um, and it was just kind of like this little beach town area. And it was really cute to drive through. I just love seeing these cute little beach towns and how they, how they uh, decorate their front lawns and everything and how colorful they are. It's just, it's just like such a happy place to be. And I parked my car and walked the boardwalk to the beach and really tried to soak that into um the sand wasn't as clean mind you there were seashells everywhere 
but it was still like a powdery white kind of sand and the ocean water was like a beautiful like turquoise color and it was just nice to be there and I I had brought my um my picnic blanket and some other snacks and stuff so I just laid that down and ate my bagel sandwich on the beach there just listening to the sounds and taking in the sights and that was super relaxing uh, I, I, I love doing picnics on the beach and I, I wanted to do that more in the summer but you know how my summer was it just didn't it didn't really quite go as planned so maybe next year for that um, and then I had to go back. I had planned to actually go to church in Tampa. Um, but then it didn't make sense because by the time service was finished, it'd be 8.30 and I'd still have to drive two hours back in the dark. So I didn't like the sound of that. So I left Tampa at around like 3.30 and got back. Okay, mind you, here, Tampa, the traffic is horrible. Here, I would never... <laughs> If you compare the traffic, like Tampa to Orlando, Tampa's traffic is horrible. And I don't know if it was because it was also like the beginning of rush hour, but it took me like three hours to get home because of the traffic. And it was like, I was crawling pretty much most of the time um, and road raging. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's probably best if you want to go to Tampa to just fly straight in there so that you're not driving through their traffic like in and out of the place it was just really bad like I didn't if I knew that the traffic was going to be like that I would have left much earlier or something but thankfully I got home in time with just an hour before worship service started in in Orlando uh, so that was good so, and I made it to church on time and their chapel is beautiful. It's like this beautiful gated little area with lots of parking and yeah, to do my thing with that and end my night there like that. Okay, and that brings us to my last day there in Orlando, which is day four. Um, Chris was sending me like playlists in the morning to start my day, which was nice. So I was listening to a playlist that he made for us. Like this was from a long time ago, but compiling songs that were, that were like our favorite songs throughout our relationship. So that was really nice to listen to. Um, and then I made my way to this small town. Um, my god I can't forget. I remember what I forget what it's called but uh, basically the reason why I was going there was because I wanted to see this um, modernist museum and it was it had a large collection of David Bowie's uh, furniture collection that he had when he was alive he was very into um, postmodernism furniture or art I should say and this museum had seven of those pieces. So I had to go see that because I'm not only a fan of him and I, I just um, kind of was on this like 
art tip that I just needed to like see these things um, and learn more about them. Um, but I, I tried to get there early, so I left pretty early and got there early and everything was still closed, so except for this coffee shop. So I, I grabbed a cup of coffee and started to walk around the area and it was very cute because um, there were lots of little cute boutiques that were selling art and things like that. So I kind of knew what to expect when everything opened later. Um, kind of remind me a little bit of of Hamilton in a way. So and I and I love that stuff. So it was nice to kind of walk through that. And I also saw another monarch butterfly up on a sign somewhere. And sure enough, I was very happy in that moment. <laughs> um, and then I walked through this park, um, very swampy park, like, and it had warning signs all over that, uh, you know, that's warning, there's, there's alligators here, don't feed them or entice them. <laughs> So I was like, oh my gosh, maybe this is the time that I'm going to actually see an alligator up close. But no, didn't see one. But I was definitely looking. <laughs> um, but there was a lighthouse at the end of the pier of this one. It was a short walk, like 15 minutes. So it was kind of nice to just walk out in nature in a way. Um, and then the, uh, the museum opened up. And I learned a little bit about that. Um, and it was interesting because this whole thing was a collection of artwork from this art collective called the, oh my God, it started with an M, um, Memphis. Yeah. Good. Okay. Good memory. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, yeah, it's called Me Memphis. It is a group of artists that were based in Italy, I think, and they got together to kind of like, and it was a rough time, I think, in, in the world, um, when they got together. Uh, and they were trying to change the way people thought, like politically and everything through their art, you know, and I think one of the important things to take away from that was that they, they uh, wanted to rebel against like clean lines and very structured kind of like clean structured kind of art and play with angles and bold colors and prints and things like that. And naturally that attracted David Bowie's eye because he was just so avant-garde. He was just always like in the future in this guy very open-minded and like, just, just love him. So he was a collector of their work and yeah, seven of those pieces were at this museum. And like, when you look at them, you could see, totally see why like those, it was just him written all over those, those things. So many different color combinations that like screamed eighties rock and pop. And like nothing was like a straight line. Like it was like nothing was like at a right angle, basically. <laughs> it's very, very fun. And like I think the takeaway from like that whole experience with at the museum was that um play, like in general, just play is like one of the most powerful things that you could do or that you could hold on to is to just play and to not be afraid to play. Um 
and funny enough that that message kind of tied in with something similar that I heard or that I experienced at NASA where you know like hearing about all of these scientists and the best of humanity these highly intelligent geniuses just it was so nice to see them like be sort of reduced so to say to like um to children like they were acting like children up in space just playing you know and just the wonder that I, they experienced being up in space was like that of a child's you know and they were playing up there these highly intelligent people were playing you know like it i think it was kind of cool that it kind of tied together for me anyway um and let's see after that museum experience um what did i do after I took a lot of pictures at that museum. Um, oh, so yeah, I had pretty much my last my last meal for the trip, and it was at this place called the Monroe, which came highly recommended by several different um, bloggers and travel places or blogs, websites, whatever. Um, and this was one of those places that was not just a pretty face, if you know what I mean. It was like. It was gorgeous inside, but also the food was so good. I really enjoyed my meal there. And it was kind of like the first time that I had a sit down meal, like on my own on this trip, because it was usually just takeout or drive through or whatever that I was eating. Um, but this was the, the first time that I sat down at a sit down restaurant by myself to eat. And I, I kind of thought that I would feel weird but I mean, thankfully it was lunch too. It was very casual. And I mean, it was busy, but I didn't feel weird at all. I felt so at peace and happy just sitting there dining by myself and really enjoying the food. It was, it was such a cool experience. And the, the, the service was really great and friendly. Um, so I'm glad that that was like my last experience um, like eating uh, on the trip. Um, and then after that meal, like that was a late lunch, I walked, I, I went to another coffee shop, which was recommended to me by one of the locals, the kayak tour um, tour guide gave this to me. I went to, it's called the Robinson, where I grabbed a cup of uh, iced coffee. And then I walked around Lake Eola Park. And they had this really cool art um, sculpture there um, called Muse of Discovery. And uh, yeah, she was, she was beautiful. She was large and beautiful, very, very contemporary looking. Um, but I, I was glad I got to see that. Uh, walked by the, uh, the library, which was this huge, just brutalist or uh, architecture thing. It was just huge and very blocked. It was like really cool to see. And then I walked by another structure that I kept seeing in like tourist websites that I, I didn't really map out on my trip, but I saw it anyway, which was cool. Uh, stopped by a sneaker shop, but they were a bunch of snobs there. So didn't spend too much time there, but I did like that they had 
like a, I guess you could say basketball art there. So that was kind of cool to admire. And then I went to get a massage. Um, it's called Heavenly Massage. And I got the hour where 20 minutes was done on my neck and my shoulders, where I hold so much tension. And then 40 minutes were spent on my feet, which, you know, were very tired from all the walking that I had done on this trip. And I thought that was the best way to kind of end it off. And then I had like an, maybe like two hours to spare before my, before I should check in for my flight and return my car. And I was like, man, what do I do with two hours before that, like before going to the airport? And there was a, uh, a Goodwill on the way to the airport. So I was like, okay, well, let's do that because I love doing that too. I love thrift shopping. And this place was huge. This, this Goodwill was huge, like a huge warehouse. Um, and it took me pretty much all of the two hours to walk through it. And surprisingly, I didn't find anything. But I, I found um, a t-shirt with a monarch on it, which I didn't get because... It was um, not my style, but I thought that was cool. Um, but I was kind of happy that I didn't find anything because I had no more room in my luggage. I'd already been packed and I could not add any more to it. And that's how I ended off my trip. I went to the airport, returned my car, all was good. Um, until I got to the security line, which was massive. <laughs> I think the Orlando airport was kind of poorly planned out like I um Toronto's is way better you get through everything so much quicker and I had to stay or stand in line for pretty much two hours just to get through security so that sucked but once I got through I was just chilling and then my flight wasn't like delayed or anything and I got home fine flight was fine I, I think I spent most of that time not trying to sleep this time because I never sleep on flights. And of course there were screaming kids, um, but I, I found some time to just kind of collect what I experienced on the trip and to kind of write a little bit about it. I was kind of basically journaling on my way home and that felt really nice. Um, yeah, and that was my lovely trip to Orlando. And to end off the episode, as we usually do, I pull a card from the Our Moments card game, Girls' Night Out Edition, and it says, what's the hardest drug you've ever done? And I'm trying to think. <laughs> uh, does, like, an epidural count? <laughs> I don't know. Because uh, I got lots of hits of that. Because um, I don't know if... Yeah, maybe I'll share this. Uh <laughs> When I was induced to give birth, um, I had to get, I think I had to get four shots of the epidural, three or four, I can't remember anymore, but it was around there, three or four, because the first, the first one um, only did half of my body. <laughs> so I'm like, I was telling the nurse, I'm like, okay, I can't feel anything here on this side, but I still have sensation on this side. So they had to give me a second shot. And then from there, it was just, I, I was still feeling um, on that one side. 
even after like a couple of hours. I, how long did we wait? I, I remember waiting, like we checked into the hospital at nine, I think in the morning or like first thing in the morning we were there and I didn't give birth until close to midnight. So we were there the whole day and I think uh, I started to feel contractions early in the afternoon. Yeah, I think so. And um, yeah, like it, it just wasn't working out for me. So yeah, and then, so I had three when I went into the operation room, operating room, and I, I, I had to get one more there after giving birth because while they were sewing me up, I could feel it. I could feel a lot of the, a lot of the stuff. So it was actually kind of painful and it took forever because I had like a level four tear. <laughs> it's probably TMI, but um. Yeah, I was torn up pretty, pretty good. So it took some time to sew me back up together and I needed another hit of that. And it still didn't work. Like I was just wincing the whole time. And I'm like, when is this going to end? When am I going to get out of here? Um, yeah, that's my experience with the hardest drug I guess I've done. Other than that, like I, I, I do gummies on occasion and that's not even hard. So yeah. Bye. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. And if you'd like to say hello, I am on Twitter at QuietStormRicky. Until the next one. <laughs>